Oh Lord, our Heavenly Father, we need you to send your Spirit to be with us, that we may know you, and that we may hear your word, that we may hear the voice of our Good Shepherd, and be drawn to you. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Good morning. It's really great to see all of you today, and I wonder how many of you know or remember Mac Davis's 1980 country ballad, the ultimate tribute to one's own self. Oh Lord, it's hard to be humble when you're perfect in every way. I can't wait to look in the mirror. I get better looking each day. No, I, I'm sure we got the band back, y'all, and they could probably uh, keep on going. I, love, I remember that song from when I was a kid, and uh, it is hilarious. It's always been funny. And I think one of the reasons that it is so funny uh, is that even the, even the most brazenly narcissistic among us knows better than to be so forthright uh, right, about, about how great we think we are. Um, but the truth is, even if we do know better, that it really is hard to be humble. <laughs> that it really, that true humility does not come naturally to any of us. Well, this is the third of three sermons in which we are talking about spiritual priorities. And we have said that the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing, right? That we want Jesus to be the lens through which we live our lives. We want uh, our relationship with Jesus to be the catalyst for our every action. As recipients of his extravagant grace, we want to be distributors of his extravagant grace. We know that God loves us and has called us to himself, and so we want to be obedient to his word and trust his good will for us, even when it is not convenient or popular. That's what we want. We want what God wants. Except when we don't. <laughs> I mean, we want those things in theory, but we so often don't really want those things when it comes down to brass tacks and how we live our actual lives. And why don't we want what God wants? It's because we want what we want. And we want God to want what we want. And we can want God to let us off the hook when we do what we want. We want to focus on how much he loves us without focusing on what it looks like to respond to that love by following his commands and loving our hard-to-love neighbor. And I got to tell you, like I can stand up here all day long and talk about love coming and going, but then I got to go home and live in my house with real people. And they got to live with me. And then I got to be in control of how I treat that poor kid in the drive-thru who got my order wrong when I'm starving. And then I got to be in control of how I treat my colleague who gets under my skin. And I got to deal with the fact that I, I'm going to pray several times today, Lord, lead us not into temptation. And yet I really want to just walk through temptation's front door. 
And don't get me started on forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. What is it inside of us that prioritizes our own wants above that which our faith requires? What is it inside of us that prefers irritation to sanctification? Quite simply, it is what C.S. Lewis called the sin beneath all sins, and that is pride. It is the cult of ourself. It is our unwillingness to get off the throne of our own hearts so that God can have his rightful seat. Because even if we know that we are not perfect in every way, oh Lord, it is hard to be humble. And I would offer you, to you this morning that if pride is the sin beneath every sin, then humility before the Lord should be perhaps our greatest spiritual priority. Humility before the Lord should be our greatest spiritual priority. And this is the concept to which Jesus is leading us when he says in our gospel that all who exalt themselves will be humbled, but all who humble themselves will be exalted. Now, the truth is that Jesus says this or something like this uh, lots of times throughout the gospels. And in this instance, it looks to me like Jesus is using a humorous example to make a poignant point. Now, he's given uh, some good advice to guests at a dinner party. And my guess is that he's got a little twinkle in his eye. And, and he's making one of his disciples blush at the memory of an awkward social faux pas. He says it's better to take a low seat at an important banquet and be invited to come up higher than it is to assume for yourself a place of honor and be told in front of all the guests that you've got to go sit in the back because that seat belongs to somebody else. And You can just imagine 11 of the disciples snickering uh, as Jesus is speaking to the crowd while poor James is in the corner turning red, remembering the time that that very thing happened to him. That's just a guess. But Jesus is using that example to get to this truth that is both profound and universally convicting. Because we exalt ourselves. And if you don't think that's true, you have never been on social media. <laughs> it is just an ocean of self-promotion and carefully crafted facades of beauty and strength and success and we're laughing at others, and we are hashtag blessed to be here in Tahiti. Now, social media isn't always used like that, but when it is used like that, it is a fruit of the problem. It's not the problem itself. The problem is our self-centered hearts. And it leads us to exalt ourselves in plenty of other ways as well. Maybe we hold ourselves to much lower standards than we hold others to. And give ourselves a little more grace. Maybe we lavish ourselves with material things that we don't need because of how it looks to others. Maybe we are easily offended and very sure of our own unexamined position. Or maybe we want better for ourselves than we want for others. I think I probably told you before when I was working on staff at the cathedral in Birmingham, uh, they were searching for the next dean. And I was praying 
diligently for that search committee, that God would give them wisdom and, and he would bring his choice uh, to be our next dean. And, but then they called my younger colleague to be the dean. He was on staff with me. And I had not wanted that job until they called him. And, and I was suddenly both hurt and angry that I had not been the one they chose. And it took a while before I could accept that God had answered my prayers. He just not, had not answered them the way I wanted because it's hard to be humble. I often joke that you should never pray for humility. Because God is not going to just confuse us with it. He is just going to put us in a situation that requires it. And those kinds of situations usually aren't very fun. But humility does not need to come through humiliation. Like being kicked out of the good seats at a wedding banquet. In fact, our pride is probably such that when something like that happens, it just makes us mad and ultimately more prideful. Humility might be defined as having the self-confidence to enjoy lifting God and others up above ourselves. The self-confidence to enjoy lifting God and others above ourselves. Now, I speak to you as a fellow struggler. Not as somebody who's got this whole humility thing uh, figured out. But I believe that true humility comes from simply from finding our place in the presence of God. Humility comes from simply finding our place in the presence of God. And one of the amazing things about having a relationship with Jesus is that He is God Almighty. I mean, He is the fullness of the Father. He is the incarnate Word of God. He is the bodily, bodily expression of the heart of God. He is the Prince of Peace. You know, I got, to, I got a chance to meet a former president of the United States one time. And we were about the same height, but he appeared much larger to me. I mean, somebody who has been in that situation or those situations and carried that much weight and, and had to make weighty decisions like that. I mean, there was just something different about the way he carried himself. And he is a flea compared to God Almighty whose presence we walk into all the time without giving another thought. Jesus is God Almighty. I mean, the disparity between us and Jesus is incomprehensible, and yet He welcomes us into His presence warmly and eagerly because He came not to be served, but to serve. He stepped out of the throne room of heaven and condescended to our human poverty. He did not clamber for wealth, or recognition, but he healed the sick and the blind and the lame, and he welcomed the outcast. And ultimately, he submitted himself to death on our behalf. In fact, there is a real sense in which when Jesus is telling us that whoever humbles himself will be exalted, that Jesus is just telling us his own story. Because Jesus did not demand what he felt like he deserved. He Submitted himself humbly to the will of the Father. And the Father exalted him in the resurrection by raising him from the dead and seating him at the right hand of the Father. So how do we, how do we participate in Jesus' exaltation? It's through worship. 
I mean, we came in just a moment ago singing um, praise to the Lord, the Almighty, the King of creation. Were we just mumbling words on a page or were we vertical using that praise to the Lord, the Almighty, the King of creation? He is our health. He is our salvation. Worship is vertical and when we lift him up when we praise him for his glory when we thank him for his grace and forgiveness what happens to us we find our place in his presence we are humbled by his majesty and yet we gain self-confidence because of, because the god of the universe loves us and so we want to lift others up because jesus lives up lifts others up we want to obey the Father because that's what Jesus does. We don't mind laying down our lives. We expect to take, take up our crosses because that's what Jesus does. In short, it is engaged worship, eagerly lifting up Jesus Christ that plants the seed of humility within us. Because that's where we see His glory. And where we receive his forgiveness and his welcome. And where that seed of humility begins to bear fruit is when we follow his commands. Our reading from Hebrews offers a description about how uh, the soul that has, that has humbled itself before the Lord, how that soul will live. It's not an exhaustive list, but it is also not an easy list to make our way through. Because they all require humility before the Lord. He says, let mutual love continue. And that could be translated, see to it that sacrificial Christian love abides in you all the time for everyone. Show hospitality, not just to those from whom you will benefit. In fact, not from those you will benefit at all. Uh, not to those who are nice to you. But show hospitality to people you've never met before. To strangers. Which is to say, to offer welcome and dignity to everyone you meet without judgment. Remember those who are in prison. As though you were in prison with them. Empathy with those who are facing the consequences of their mistakes. Keep the marriage bed pure. That's a sermon right there, isn't it? And not a popular one. <laughs> not a popular one. But suffice it to say that such countercultural and counterintuitive self control requires a deep, and trusting humility before the Lord. We want what He wants more than we want what we want. Keep your lives free from the love of money. <laughs> Be content with what you have. There's another sermon. And I could keep going. But what I want you to see is that obedience to God's commands is not born out of some sense of fear 
or a clamoring for acceptance or a finger wag from on high, but out of a heart that humbles itself before the grace of God. It's hard to be humble. It's really hard to be humble when we're trying to be humble. But it gets a lot easier when we quit looking at ourselves and just look at Jesus. When we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, we will stay away from temptation's front door. And we will be much more likely to forgive as we have been forgiven. When we exalt ourselves as we so naturally do, we are cruising for a bruising. We will surely be humbled. But when we humble ourselves before the Lord in thought, word, and deed, we can be sure that in His own time and in His own way, that He will do the exalting. Because He is perfect in every way.